0: Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. I hope you're having a great day. I am feeling a lot better. But real quick, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Also, don't forget today's show is presented to you by the amazing people over at Sugarfire in Westminster, as well as Superbook Sports. And speaking of Superbook Sports, you could win a trip to the biggest football game of the year courtesy of Superbook Sports. Superbook is going to fly you and a friend to las vegas for february's championship game that dude that's less than a month away it seems it's, it's insane they're also going to give you two tickets to the game plus a three-night hotel stay all you have to do is place a 25 dollars same game parlay between now and january 7th and you're automatically entered to win that's real freaking simple so wager and win a super trip to las Vegas courtesy of superbook sports visit superbook.com for terms and conditions and if you got a gambling problem please call 1 800 gambler
1: let's go let's go
0: and now here are the
1: headlines
0: <laughs> well this is something new for me and and i imagine it's something new for you as well so let's all all huddled together and embrace this moment where we're learning something so freaking bizarre that it's going to make us look at nature in a completely different way it is have you ever heard of eco-sexual yeah it's a thing it's a thing and a woman claims she's in love with an oak tree oh those oaks (laughs) so strong and powerful this is what ecosexual means someone that finds nature romantic sensual and sexy and often imagines earth as their lover yeah that's a thing i never knew that that was a possibility listen I, i i appreciate trees and nature in general never got the mindset to go you know what Let's put a hole in that tree and let's fuck the shit out of it. Never had that. Never had that urge. Maybe my life is still young, and who knows what tomorrow will bring. <laughs> oh my gosh, people are weird. I don't understand this. I don't. But let's hear from Sonia, and I can't. I can't pronounce her last name. You guys know me. Some Simonova, That's all. Oh, nailed it. Now, I have no idea if I said her name right or wrong. (laughs) Let's lean on wrong. But anyway, here's her talking about her romantic encounters with an oak tree.
1: Moving in the year of a pandemic put just tremendous weight on my partner and me so much that we nearly destroyed each other. In this time, I developed several coping mechanisms. And among the healthier of them was taking daily walks on this marsh swamp that is near my house. These were therapeutic walks. I would cry in the rain, I would talk to my friends, and I would come up with these massive epiphanies about my life and how I wanted it to be. One of the most significant was the realization that I had been craving that rush of erotic energy that comes when you meet a new partner and that it is not sustainable, it doesn't last. We are human, we cannot keep up with that energy forever. Yet I believed it was possible. I believed I could tap into that erotic life force somehow, somewhere. And around the time of this epiphany, I began to notice that about the halfway point in my walk, I would pass a grove of oak trees, and one particular tree in that grove called to me. So I began to stop daily at this particular oak tree, and I began to lean against it, began to hold it and feel held by it, and I noticed that I was experiencing erotic attraction.
0: I can't wait for you to go to a park today. Maybe you're driving in the mountains and you just slam on your brakes, and you're like, oh, my God, I know what she's talking about. (laughs) I'm guessing that's not going to happen. It's so bizarre, but you are going to start looking at nature a little bit oddly, though. I mean, how hard up is this chick, no offense, that she is finding a, a loving, sexual, sensual embrace of a tree, and that's satisfying her. And it, what, what's fascinating, too, is like when you listen to her talk, she's just like, well, you know, I want that rush of when you first encounter someone that you're attracted to, a first moment of, you know, sexual tension, all that stuff. It's like that that initial moment. It, the sparks are so red hot. And she's trying to duplicate that. Isn't that like I, I again, we've talked about this before. The only drugs I've ever done are what my doctor prescribes me and weed. That's it, okay? Never done anything else. Don't have a desire to do anything else. But I've heard plenty of people say that they're always chasing that first high. That's kind of what she's doing. And I would imagine that anybody that has dealt with that battle of drug abuse could say, listen, listen. You're not going to find it in an oak tree, okay? Listen, I know we all want that, but that doesn't mean we need to start go grinding on a freaking uh, oak tree or maple tree or ash or whatever. Whatever gets it going. Rock formations, I don't know. So bizarre. Now, what do I always say? She's not hurting anybody, so I guess it's fine. It's all fine and dandy. It's all fun and games until you get a splinter in your vajayjay. Huh, ma'am? I'm just saying, playing devil's advocate here. It's all fun and games. And you're like, ah, son of a bitch. Guess who's, guess who's not going to be able to help you remove that? The fucking oak tree. You know why? Because it doesn't have, you know, uh, hands. <laughs> it, it's not alive like a human is alive. Okay. It's not going to be able to interact with you. It just sits there. Okay? She wants to be in control. That's her thing. That I, I imagine this is like a control thing, too. She doesn't have to deal with somebody talking back to her. She can just sit there and spout off all her problems to the oak tree while she's dry humping it. It makes sense. It does. In a, in a weird way, it makes sense. I mean, sometimes... uh, significant others you you just don't want to talk to them and they the more that they talk to you like my wife gets irritated with me all the time (laughs) all the time and there's probably more more often than not she just prefer i just shut my mouth and in this situation she's finding a companion that she's somehow attracted to and and she's getting some vibes from it it's so bizarre have have you ever done that? I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. A million things in this world I don't understand. This is one of them. And it also started making me think, if, if one of my buddies or one of your friends came up to you and said, hey, fellas, uh, I have something important to tell you. What is it, man? What's going on, Chuck. Oh man, this is hard. <laughs> hard as an oak tree. Okay. What's going on, bud? Guys, I like to make love to mud holes. What? You like to fuck mud holes? Yeah, man, it's so nice. And don't talk back. And then the other guys are like, actually, that sounds kind of pleasant. <laughs> Break out the hose. Let's go muddy up the front lawn. <laughs> Uh, Then you all get arrested. It's bizarre. I got to be honest. So freaking bizarre. You know what? It's not that bizarre. It's maybe even more bizarre that I have been reincarnated as an oak tree. Connery? Connery to Huff. You have been reincarnated. You're the oak tree? That's right. And let's be honest. I'm sexy as fuck. (laughs) And I'm banging somebody's mother. I don't know who she is, but that bitch be crazy and... She likes to grind. Okay, that got weird. It did get weird. I'm sorry, Connery. Uh, but I don't know if I can allow you back on the show today. <laughs> today. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You're going to be on the hunt now. You're going to be driving along and send me pictures at the Huff Podcast on social media. <laughs> if you see it, if you see uh, You know, any sort of nature that just floats your boat, and you're sitting there going, I don't know, maybe, maybe send them to me. Send me a picture. Duff, maybe I would. Maybe I would. You know, you've seen those like rock formations where it looks like a, you know, a butt. And you're like, mm, maybe if I was lonely and it was the end of times, you know, get some grinding going on. I guess. I guess. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Have you ever met somebody like that? I feel like that that's like a horny teenager thing to do. Like It doesn't matter what's around you. You're like, I got to do something. Hey, there's an oak tree. I've, I've never heard of this. this. This lady is in her, I want to say 40s, 50s, something like that. And she, that's, that's her thing. She's happy, though. She's happy. So I guess in a weird way, good for you. Good for you. Again, I don't understand it. I don't understand it one bit. Pierce Brosnan, the guy from Dante's Peak, 007, and he's been in a million other movies. I didn't realize he's Irish, but he's Irish. Anyway, he's facing charges after allegedly walking in Yellowstone's thermal areas. We're always making fun of these people that are like, it's it's funny and sad all mixed into one where they cross these boundaries just so they can get a picture. And that's what he was doing. Oh, I want to get a picture. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. He's Irish. Well, I need to get a picture with the Yellowstone thermal Area. Oh, where's me lucky charms? Now take a picture. That's him. Identical. Identical impression of Pierce Brosnan. Uh, it, it, it's... I, I have no sympathy for people like that. And, and especially when it's a celebrity, it kind of rubs me the wrong way because it's just like, what, what do you think you can get away with it just because, you know, you've been in movies, you play pretend for a living and make a buttload of money. So that means you can go into these areas. Dude, you were in a movie about Dante's Peak. Wasn't that like a super volcano that just erupted? You should have an idea of what the thermal areas are. Aren't they a byproduct? of volcanic activity, all right? Yeah, they're like the thermal pools or whatever. Look at me. I'm pretending like I'm smart, but I'm not. But here's the thing. No sympathy for that. There was a guy who passed away because his buddy's dog went into the thermal area and he went after the dog to try to rescue it and then he died in there. I don't know if the dog made it. But, I mean, I'd be more sad if the dog died. (laughs) That's so messed up. It's like in movies. Like, if a dog dies in a movie, I'm like, oh, that's sad. But there could be, like, all these other casualties, uh, like human casualties, and I'm like, yeah, but the dog! The dog! It was so adorable! It didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I have no sympathy for Pierce Brosnan. Here's the thing. I, I imagine... It'll be a slap on the wrist. He'll pay a fine. It'll go towards the, the upkeep of the park and all will be forgiven. And then five years from now, he's going to do something similar to that. I guarantee it. If not sooner, it's ridiculous. Lori Janes is an office manager at a dental center in Louisville. Now they were playing a game of, what is that? Uh, white elephant gift for their company party and at first she received a $25 gift card to tj Maxx. that's nothing to scoff at huh but then a colleague stole it and she's like ah how am i gonna you know top that and then she chose another gift guess what it was $25 of lottery tickets She scratched the tickets while still at the party. She won $50 on the first ticket. Then when she started scratching the second ticket, the second ticket, she won all 15 spots on the ticket, and she won $175,000. What? How stupid do you feel if you're the person that took the TJ Maxx card from her? You know, like, I should have kept, you know, trying to, Find something else. So after taxes, she took home $124,250. That's according to the Kentucky Lottery. Now, she plans on using that money that she just won for her, college, her daughter's college tuition. No pressure. I just won a bunch of money and now I'm paying for your education. Be worthy of something, please. My God. That's, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks for whoever bought them. That's what blows. While on one hand, you'd be so excited for the person, you would go also have that in your, in your stomach going, I held that in my hand. I purchased that. I wouldn't doubt if somehow the person that bought that tries to you know, scam some money out of that lady. In some way, whether it's legally, which I mean, you gave it as a gift, gave it as a gift. But man, oh, that'd be that'd be heartbreaking to be the person that that bought that. That's what always bugged me. Like when I worked at a radio station, when we would when we when we chip in for the lotto tickets, it always made me wonder, like. Like, what if we won? Like, it's going to be very chaotic if if we win. So I always tried to go in on it just in case because it would be nice to have a big chunk of change. But it would be very dramatic, especially in the scratch games because I've got that for gifts before. And and when you lose, you're just like, nice shitty gift. But if you win, you're going to be like, hell, yeah. I got 20 bucks or whatever it is. I haven't done scratch games in forever. Not since I was like 18. Kind of lost the the itch to do it because the only way I feel like that you end up winning on those is if you consistently are buying them. And I just don't feel like I should, I can justify doing that at this moment in my life. Where'd all that money go? Well, I bought a bunch of scratch games. Well, how much did you win? I didn't. <laughs> anyway. Enjoy the toast for dinner. Speaking of good food, though. (laughs) Sugar Fire in Westminster. Legit barbecue. I was just talking to Liz, the GM over there. I was talking to her this morning. She is so excited. She's already put the menu together. I can't reveal it yet, but she already put the menu together for their big Super Bowl shindig that they're going to have going on. So stay tuned for that. But... Sugar Fire in Westminster, it's chef-driven, okay? You can't say that about most barbecue joints in Colorado. You can't. You can't. This place is legit. Every person that goes in there that I've seen, they all say the same thing. Dude, this place is legit. I thought you were just blowing smoke. I was like, dude, I don't blow smoke when it comes to food. I love food, and I'm promoting a place that I think is fantastic and I think it would benefit so many people to sit down for a meal at Sugar Fire in Westminster because it's just so delicious. My personal favorites is I go in there and I, I get like a double cheeseburger, but I'll I'll tell the guys behind the the uh, on the other side I'll be like, uh, make it how you think it's gonna be fantastic, and they always get that glimmer in their eye like, ooh, challenge accepted and then they make me something spectacular. Now, you don't have to do that. They got a lot of, of fantastic items on the menu that you can choose from, whether it's brisket. They got brisket, mac, and cheese, too, which is phenomenal. Had that. They got tons of amazing sides. Oh, I forgot. They also have, obviously, ribs and amazing assortment of that. Um, I, I, it's not an assortment. <laughs> it's ribs. But you see what I'm saying. Sorry, I'm still a little sick, Okay. But I do know that they have amazing entrees, amazing sides. You got to get the fried pickles. Their French fries are killer too. This place is amazing to go with for a date. Bring your family; kids love it. Just amazing food, and and they got also have like every place, every table has um, their special barbecue sauces, and it's just so nice. You can sit there and you squeeze a bunch of different ones on your on your plate. And then you just, it's, it's just fun. It's fun because you can try different ones with different, you know, whatever you're eating. It's so fun. You got to go check them out. It's Sugar Fire in Westminster. Go check them out. They're on 144th and Orchard Parkway on the south side of 144th, right next to Snooze. It's a really easy place to get to. And when you go in there, you're going to see what I'm talking about. It's Sugar Fire in Westminster, Reinventing barbecue every single day. This is a very bizarre show today. An Australian man put on 10 pairs of underpants in 13.03 seconds to get a Guinness World Record. (laughs) He trained for six months. Now, I don't know how hard he trained for six months. Is that like every single day? For like two hours, he's training for this. It is kind of impressive. I watched the video of him. and I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. He's skinny, lean, and, you know, agile. I don't think I could do that anymore. Maybe back in the day. See, this is what I've, I've talked about before. There's so many random, dumb things that could get you into Guinness World Records. You just need to start reading them and go, "Wait, wait a minute. I could do that. I could do that." I want to do that. I need I need to take the time. I'll have my son check out one of those books from his library at school and then I'll go pick something out and be like, "I could do this. I could do that. Definitely not this." type of thing. I think that would be fun and interesting. But I don't know if I would want to dedicate 6 months of my life training to put on underwear that fast. is so bizarre. Could you imagine? Like, what does your significant other think of that situation? Where's dad? Oh, he's in the garage training. Again? Yeah, he's really into it. He Dude comes back in. He's drinking Gatorade, sweat all over him. He's like, ah, ah, almost got it. Almost got it, honey. Woo! I could go take a shower. Then I get some training going on again. Pfft. I posted that on Twitter and Michael wrote, I'll take things dudes bet their friends that they can do for 500 Alex. Yeah, no kidding. I, I, I can't imagine that he came up with that on his own. His friends were like, dude, you get your underwear on fast. <laughs> this orgy ended like, you know, 30 seconds ago and you're already dressed. It's fantastic. I know, don't tell my wife. But anyway, you should try to get a world record. (laughs) Uh, It's so, so fascinating. Uh, Josh wrote, hashtag dedication. No kidding. John wrote, where are our American frats to get this record back? Bunch of slouches. (laughs) Exactly. Who are we? We are Americans. We will take this record back, you sons of bitches. Freaking Aussies. Aussies are like, yeah, it's f- fine. You guys want it. Go, Come and get it. Jeez, it's not that big of a deal. That would be so crazy to know somebody be like, could you imagine like you're meeting somebody? Oh, like, like this. Like, let's say you have that record. And you're going to meet, your longtime girlfriend's parents for the first time. And then you sit down and be like, So, Todd, what have you accomplished? <laughs> Pass me the peas, honey. And then Todd's just like, Well, oh, wait, he's Australian. He's all, Well, guys, I'm in the Guinness World Records. Oh, that's fascinating. For what? You know, is it speedboating? Is it rowing? Is it, what is it? <laughs> Honey, I said the peas, damn it. And then he's just like, um, No, actually, I I have the record for 10 pairs of underpants going on in the quickest amount of time. 13.03 seconds. Everybody just goes silent, and they're like, and then the dad's just staring blankly into the guy's face, and he's just like, Honey, where's the goddamn peas? <laughs> and you're not dating this motherfucker again. Holy shit. But hey. But hey. Good for him, I guess. I want to try that now. I'm going to try it and I'm going to get hurt. I bet in 13 seconds I could put on. I'm going to try this actually when I get home. I'll tell you the next episode how I did. Because I'll lay out 10 pairs of underwear on the ground. And I want to see how long it takes me to put. Ten of them on, I'll record it. I think the first one, by the way, so it must be he already had a pair of underwear on. Does that even really count? Okay, but I'm I'm guessing he had one on to start, which I believe is the case. Otherwise, I would have been looking at a a guy's dong until he put on the first one. But I, I imagine, I I don't know how long that would take me to do ten pairs of underwear. <laughs> And how hurt will I be at the end? Like, oh, my God, how'd you get that giant gash in your face? Well, I was putting it on my third pair of underwear when I slipped and cracked my head open on the countertop. Oh, dang, that sucks. So bizarre. (laughs) I saw this and I had to bring it up because it's crazy. And it's crazy because it makes so much sense. And I think a lot of us don't really think about it, but maybe some of us do. Social media companies made $11 billion in the United States off of ad revenue from minors. That's according to a study. Oh, my God. That's a lot more than I realized. According to Harvard's study, YouTube derived the greatest ad revenue from users 12 and under with $951.1 951.1 million dollars. <laughs> God. Followed by Instagram, which was 801.1 million dollars and Facebook with only 137.2 million dollars. Instagram meanwhile derived the greatest ad revenue from users aged 13 to 17, which was 4 billion, followed by TikTok, which was 2 billion and YouTube, $1.2 billion. The researchers also estimate that Snapchat derived the greatest share of its overall 2022 ad revenue from users under 18 at 41%, followed by TikTok, 35%, YouTube, 27%, and Instagram, 16%. So why would social media entities want to restrict their biggest flow of income. They may say that they're going to go out there and protect the kids from watching, but they're not. They're not. They say they are, but they're not. I will say when you look at this, though, looking at the numbers, although Meta is part of uh, Facebook, so I, I would say that like Facebook is the one that isn't profiting that much. But that being said, the the majority of people that are on Facebook are 30 years and up. Very few kids are on Facebook. And if they are, they don't really use it. They're just on there so the grandparents can see them type of thing. But it's pretty disgusting when you think about it. But it also makes me realize I need to I need to focus on the the younger kids. I look at some of the content on social media that has like millions and millions of views, and I'm like, why is this popular? Then you realize it's just dumb. It's just dumb. I think what I need to do is, like, say on TikTok, I need to start up another channel, but it's me doing just dumb stuff. Like, I have my channel, The Huff Podcast, but I just post stuff from the show. But if I had another another channel and it's just me doing like whatever's popular, be like, hey guys, we're gonna do some ASMR. And it's me like combing my beard, it's like, do you like that? Isn't that great? <laughs> I hate those. Oh my God. So annoying. So I, I think I might do that. And I could make billions of dollars. No, probably not. Off of young, young kids. <laughs> hey guys, want to see me put a mustard packets up my nose? Sure, 5 million views. <laughs> Stupid. So dumb. But that's what social media is for the most part. And then when you do put something somewhat intelligent on there, depending on the platform, it's either going to fail or it's going to explode. But usually the dumb, dumb, dumb shit explodes on all platforms. It, it's so bizarre. So bizarre. I don't know. Do those numbers shock you? I, I don't think they should because that's a lot of kids. I, by the way, Snapchat, I never understood Snapchat. I, I don't know anybody that really talks about being on Snapchat. Maybe it's because I'm older now, but jeez. I'm on I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and something else. I don't know. Uh, I have the new in X obviously, and then I also have the up and coming. Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but the guy that originally started Twitter, he has his own platform that he's slowly working on. That it, it it's it's what Twitter used to be. It's really nice, and you, it's blue sky. And I'm on that finally. You have to get in, uh, an invite to, to join. Like you have to apply for the invite, and then they uh, eventually will get to you. So I'm on that now test, and you're, everybody that's on it is kind of testing it, seeing how we like it and whatever. There's a lot of stuff out there, but mostly social media is for kids, even though most adults use it. But kids are naive and you know they're constantly on it and they're watching so much shit that that's how they're generating all this, this money for these um, social media platforms. It's crazy. $11 billion. $11 billion in the U.S. from minors. That's crazy to me. It's crazy. That's what's wrong with our society, too, because if all everything goes to shit, all these people that just spend their time staring at social media, listening to podcasts and whatever. Shit hits the fan. We got to hit the reset button. There's going to be a lot of kids out there that have no skills other than sitting in and scrolling through social media. That's why I make my kids so many new clothes and uh, Jackson I need a new chair go ahead and whittle me a new chair he's like yes father no <laughs> we are teaching them how to do that stuff whether it's from me the neighbors or his, his grandpa or his other grandpa so there's there's so many ways for kids to learn it doesn't have to be just for you the the, the old saying of it takes a community and that's or it takes a village that's true. You, I don't expect you to have all the skill sets to teach your kids how to do stuff. So if there's somebody you know that has those skill sets, let, let your kid run with them. Let them get taught. Because you know that the, the school systems are softer and softer. They don't always – I shouldn't say that completely. But a lot of the programs that, say, the generation before me had in school – those don't exist, so like when i when I interact with my father in law who has a farm up in uh, northern Colorado and like all the stuff that he learned in school, whether it was welding, woodworking just just so many different things, why don't we have that shit anymore in school it 's ridiculous, it's stupid but but It's because there is an industry when it comes to tech where companies can make billions and billions of dollars. But anyway, I just thought that was fascinating. I wanted to pass it along to you. But anyway, thank you guys so much for joining the show. If you'd like to interact, please do. I love it. Hit me up on social media at DeHuffPodcast or you can hit me up on email, DeHuffPodcast at gmail.com. Have an amazing day. Thanks for listening. Big thanks to Sugar Fire in Westminster, as well as Superbook Sports Colorado. Have a great day. I got to go take care of the family because now everybody's sick as I'm getting better. And then I just realized I have a shit ton of laundry that we need to catch up on, as well as all the Christmas decorations are still out. They're outside, they're inside, they're everywhere. And it's like, oh my God. This place just shut down due to illness. Oh, sucks so bad. Anyway, that's my problems. My problems, not yours. You guys have an amazing day. Take care. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.